Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back. It's the Avento here, and you're listening to the British Whisperer, the place to be to know which stories are making the headlines and learn the English you need. I'm really excited to help you improve your English in an interesting and engaging new way. With this podcast, you can learn fascinating things about the world while practicing your listening skills and learning your vocabulary as well as many phrases and expressions that are in everyday use. I'll be discussing a lot of different topics covered on British and American newspapers. I'll debate many different issues and tell you what's the meaning of new trendy words and so on. So today, in the first part of the second episode, I'm going to talk about the royal family with a focus on the Fab Four, alias the Prince and Princesses of Wales, William and Kate, and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan. Next, I'll talk about going back to the office and the so-called term of quiet quitting that describes this new habit in America. And I will conclude our program with an English expression. It's the best thing since sliced bread. What does it mean? Well, make sure to listen all the way through to know it. Before putting the Fab Four into the spotlight, or to make them the center of attention, I want to stay on the subject of Queen Elizabeth II, the coverage of whose death has been heavy and culminated Monday the 19th of September at her funeral in Westminster Abbey. London briefly became the centre of the world, with more than 4 billion people, half of the world population, watched the event, and more than 500 foreign heads of state, monarchs and dignitaries descended on Westminster Abbey to honour the late Queen. In the past few days, hundreds of thousands of people paid their respects. In other words, honoured Queen Elizabeth II as she laid in state, in other words, was displayed in a coffin in public, in Westminster Hall in London, ahead of her funeral. On Saturday, the queue in London extended to more than 24 hours. People tried to explain to reporters why they were there. To take part in history, they said. To acknowledge, or in other words, to recognize history. To see something you may never see again. To show respect and to do it all together as people. To honor goodness, for she was a good woman and everybody knew or simply to say thank you. Certainly, the experience was an emotional one and more responsive to the many pictures and videos seen on the media than the written or even spoken word. Time now to focus on the Fab Four, alias the Prince and Princesses of Wales, William and Kate, and the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan. William, Kate, Harry and Meghan put the firm above their differences, says the Guardian. You might ask yourself, what's the firm? It's another word for the royal family institution. When Prince Harry's wife, Meghan, 
referred to the British royal family as the firm, in their dramatic interview with Oprah Winfrey last year, she evoked an institution that it is as much as a business as a fantasy. The term is often linked to Queen Elizabeth's husband, Prince Philip, who popularized its use. But it dates further back to the Queen's father, King George VI, who was once reported to have declared, We are not a family, we are a firm. Back to the article of The Guardian, what happened? William and Kate, the new Prince and Princesses of Wales, made a surprise appearance at Windsor Castle last Saturday with Harry and Meghan to see the floral tributes for the Queen that had been left at the palace gates. The four literally amazed onlookers, in other words, spectators, when they arrived unannounced to see the floral tributes. So, why people were surprised? The Guardian explains why. Given the rumours of rancour, in other words, bitterness, resentment, and rift, in other words, a serious break in a friendly relation, the unexpected show of unity between the one-time Fab Four of William, Kate, Harry and Meghan to meet well-wishers, or, in other words, for an admiring supporters of them, who had gathered in front of the gates, and he fears that the family division would mar, in other words, ruin or spoiled, the Queen's final farewell were immediately dispelled, in other words, banished, doubt or fear. It was a clear display of togetherness, in other words, a family feeling, a feeling of closeness, from the brothers and their wives, who haven't been pictured in a public together since the annual Commonwealth service in March 2020. Let's have a look at what the Times of London says. It's no secret that, in the nearly three years since the Duke and Duchess of Sussex announced they had decided to step away from their royal duties, Harry's relationship with his father and brother have come under significant strain, in other words, tension. The manner in which he and Meghan chose to establish themselves in America has sometimes presented challenges for the family. With each further talk show appearance and magazine interview, the prospect of a rapprochement, in other words, reconciliation, has faded a little more. Yet the king has extended an olive branch in his first speech since ascending the throne. King Charles said, said, I want also to express my love for Harry and Meghan as they continue to build their lives overseas. And the prince's public appearance on Saturday signaled that William shares his hope for reconciliation. A spokesman for the Prince and Princesses of Wales said, The Princes of Wales, William, invited the Duke and Duchess of Sussex to join him and the Princess of Wales, Catherine. The Prince of Wales thought it was an important show of unity at an incredibly difficult time for the family. So, the unexpected truth 
In other words, stop in the war between the Prince of Wales and the Duke of Sussex outside the gates of Windsor Castle came about because William felt uncomfortable. In other words, feeling slightly pain or physical discomfort, meeting well-wishers without his brother, the Times understood. But at least one source to, close to the royal family is sceptical, in other words, disbelieving or doubting on the truth. Whatever the relationship between the true brothers, they believe that the wider differences between the two families are too fundamental to be repaired that easily. Robert Lacey, author of Battle of Brothers, a book about William and Harry, said the points at issue, so in other words being discussed in question, that they are arguing about are very profound. It is about William's concept about how the job of monarchy should be done, and for Harry it is about the respect with which his wife will be treated. Rightly or wrongly, both of them think that the other has committed faults, or in other words, mistakes, in those areas. Still, I have to say, the display of unity and respect of the Fed Four in Windsor was much better than its opposite. Looming over in other words, something intimidating or threatening that seems about to happen, all of this is the shadow of Harry forthcoming memoir. The book, written by Harry's ghostwriter, in other words, someone who writes a book or an article for another person to publish under his name, provoked a criticism when it was announced last summer over fears that it would further inflame or intensify tension within the royal family. There had been questions over whether the Queen's death may prompt Prince Harry to make edits or to modify the manuscript, which is being published by Penguin Random House. It was originally anticipated to be released in time for Thanksgiving in the US at the end of November and capitalise on the lucrative US market for Christmas. The Daily Telegraph reported that sources close to the Sussexes say the death of the Queen has thrown the plans into turmoil, in other words, disturbance. The Prince may now write additional chapters on the passing, or in other words, death, of the Queen. Penguin has previously announced that Harry will be donating proceeds from the book to charity. It has been reported that neither King Charles nor Prince William, nor their lawyers and advisers, have been given the opportunity to preview any parts of the manuscript. The Wall Street Journal makes an interesting in-depth analysis on Harry and Meghan launch projects. The death of Queen Elizabeth II comes as Hollywood watches another monarchy drama play out in its own backyard. In other words, the rear garden. The continuing rollout launch of a program or product of the media empire of her grandson and his wife. In recent weeks, Prince Harry and wife Meghan have accelerated efforts to build out Archiewell, 
the media company they founded after leaving their royal duties in 2020. Now, the next phase of the Cabo's ambition, including a hit podcast and a coming memoir, which we have just talked about, must contend with the seismic news of the Queen's death. Two major deals are the focus of Hollywood's attention, one with Netflix and another with Spotify technology that are valued at more than roughly $120 million. The Netflix deal has yet to produce any releases, though several projects are in development and should premiere within the next year, according to a person familiar with the matter. A children's show that Meghan developed was shelved, so in other words abandoned, by the streaming service. But last month, the Duchess of Sussex podcast, Archetypes, made its debut at number one on Spotify podcast charts. Megan's first Archetypes episode included a conversation with tennis legend Serena Williams. A later episode featured guests including singer Mariah Carey and comedian Mindy Kelling. New episodes of Archetypes will be posted during the official mourning period for Her Majesty the Queen. The description now reads on Spotify. We have to wait then to see and hear about the next episode of the Duchess of Sussex podcast. Let's go to see what the New York Times has to say on the matter. The New York Times takes a stand or, in other words, states its position in favour of M. Meghan. In an article titled Lip Reading and Fashion Criticism, Meghan's UK Trip Under Scrutiny, or in other words, Close Examination, it says the actions of Meghan and her husband, Prince Harry, as they mourn, or in other words, they said about, or they observe a grieving period, the Queen, have been the subject of biting, in other words, cruel, social commentary, as usual. From the moment Meghan appeared in public, and in the days that followed, Meghan watchers in the papers and on social media have analysed the video of the event, turning into instant lip readers, body language analysts, fashion critics and protocol experts in service to a never-ending parlour which is a beauty silent game. What has Meghan done now? Asked the New York Times. Opinions about Meghan vary widely and with facts thin on the ground, in other words, which exist in small numbers of amounts, responses to events like this tend to reflect deeply held and entrenched, or in other words, established emotions. So, some people reported on social media that a happy murmur went through the crowd at Windsor when they saw the two couples together. Others said the opposite, declaring that while some mourners were excited to see William, Kate and Harry, they were actively opposed to Meghan's presence. Various topics trended on Twitter, hashtag Meghan, which explain mixed views but with a healthy pro-Megan contingent and 
Hashtag Meghan Markle go home, which is self-explanatory, I'm afraid. A similarly robust conversation erupted on Wednesday, um, in other words, emerged on Wednesday, after the two couples, along with other members of the royal family, left the service at Westminster Hall following the arrival of the Queen's coffin. Harry and Meghan walked out holding hands, unlike most of the other royal couples. A debate ensued, in other words, followed. Were they disrespectfully behaving like lovesick teenagers, or was it okay to hold hands with your spouse while leaving a somber occasion? It turned out that another pair, Princess Anne's daughter Zara and her husband Mike Tyndall, also held hands on the way out, which added an element of confusion to the issue. As Meghan fans have long pointed out, or in other words, observed, she is often attacked by the hostile tabloids and on social media for doing the exact same things that the other royals, particularly Kate, the Princess of Wales, are praised, or in other words, lauded for. The New York Times notices that when Queen Elizabeth II died last week, the couple were already in Britain at the end of what the Daily Mail derided or ridiculed as a pseudo-royal tour and the Times of London unkindly called a mini freelance royal tour. Then the Queen died and Harry travelled by himself to Balmoral in Scotland. Some reports had without verifiable attribution or without saying what the origin of something is, that he had been ordered to leave Meghan behind so as not to upset, in other words, make someone unhappy or disappointed, the rest of the family. Hala, we'll never know the truth behind it. But there is another woman in the eye of the storm, in other words, in the centre of a disagreement, Camilla the Queen Consort. The Guardian reports that she's on trial by TikTok. Camilla and Meghan targeted with abuse after Queen's death. Posts containing abuse and misinformation were widely shared on social media and have been liked by millions in the days after the news of the death of the Queen broke. Many of them aimed at Camilla, the new Queen Consort. Doctored, or in other words, falsified photos of the Duchess of Sussex and posts claiming that Queen Elizabeth II had been murdered because she held secrets on politicians or was killed by the COVID-19 vaccine were also widely shared and analysis shows. On TikTok, the fastest growing news source in the UK, whose user base is dominated by Generation Z, the most-watched royal-themed clips included those that derided Camilla's appearance and pitted her against, or in other words, put her in competition with the late Diana. One video, liked by 1.1 million times on TikTok since it was posted a week ago, contained a montage of photos of Camilla and Diana. The caption read, The woman he... King Charles cheated 
in other words, was sexually unfaithful with, and the woman he cheated on, prompting or encouraging negative comparison between the women in the comment section. Others on TikTok called Camilla, Caomilla, or an evil witch, and claimed that she was a puppet master in the royal family who was struggling to contain how happy she was about the Queen's death. Other accounts shared doctored photos of Meghan, suggested that she had been pictured wearing a t-shirt with the words, the Queen is dead. On Twitter, one post containing the image with the caption, I can't believe Meghan went there, was liked 27,000 times. This content gives an insight or a knowledge and understanding into the nature of some of the information about the royal family being pushed to those who get their news on social media. While the Duchess of Sussex has been targeted repeatedly with abuse online, the vilification of Camilla is a newer phenomenon among young people. As it does for newspapers and websites, royal content can generate traffic from global audiences for social media creators. In the UK, Google searches have been dominated by queries or questions related to the royals since the Queen's death, with nine of the top ten trending search terms including references to Her Late Majesty or the New King. Some of the accounts posting anti-Camilla and Meghan content appear to have begun doing so specifically to capitalize on, or to make the most of, the increased interest in the royals. In other words, they exploit the opportunity of big news events by spreading misinformation and hateful content that is then amplified by platforms. So, what do you think about this post in social media? Do you actively follow Royal News on any social platform? Please let me know by writing an email to the British Whisper at writeme.com or by leaving a comment on my Instagram page. Alright folks, time now to look at a new term that has emerged in America in the work field. Quiet quitting. What is quiet quitting exactly? The economist writes, why the fuss, or in other words the concern, the attention over quiet quitting? In a July post that had more than 3 million views and helped to popularize the phrase, the term quiet quitting has entered conversations about the workplace a 17-second clip on TikTok, in which an American embraces the notion of not going above and beyond at work, has caused an awful lot of noise. To go above and beyond means to do more than expected, so the term quiet quitting seems to define workers who are putting the minimum commitment, or in other words dedication, to do their jobs. The economist specifies that the fact that some employees feel unenthused or, in other words, they do, do, do not show any enthusiasm about their work is hardly new. In all workplaces, employees show varying degrees of commitment to their jobs. Some work late, others leave at 5 o'clock sharp, 
a few seem to do little more than respire. A survey of workers around the world made by Gallup, a pollster, or in other words, a company which does surveys of opinions, found that only 21% of them are engaged by their jobs. The very idea of going above and beyond, or in other words, to do more than expected, requires a distribution of effort, with less committed colleagues providing a baseline against which others can be judged. The nature of the work also matters. It is easier to be engaged by some jobs rather than others. It is unsurprising too that quiet quitting has a particular resonance now. Lots of employees feel detached or, in other words, separated from their work. The bargain or, in other words, the advantage of hard work for higher pay is less attractive than it once was. A succession of big shocks from the financial crisis of 2007-2009 to the pandemic has made career planning seem pointless, or in other words, makes no sense to some people. The Washington Post writes, quiet quitting isn't really about quitting. Here are the signs. Burnout, in other words, exhaustion, overwork, is at an all-time high. Here is what manager should be on the lookout for, so trying to find or be in alert for. The term quiet quitting, writes the Washington Post, is a bit of a misnomer or, in other words, an appropriate name, because quiet quitters aren't walking away from their jobs, instead they are renouncing to the hustle culture, which, in other words, means frantic activity the idea of going above and beyond at work. So, quiet quitting seems to be a new term for an old concept, employee disengagement or detachment. But managers are calling employees back to the office in part to resolve this disconnection that has been caused by the opportunity to work remotely. Yet, those enough office requirements are among the biggest sources of tension between bosses and employees. In a survey of more than 32,000 workers around the world, published in late April, ADP Research Institute found that two-thirds of respondents said they would consider looking for a new job if required to return to the office full-time. Both Gallup and ADP identify stress at work as a reason many workers feel disengaged. Nearly 7 in 10 workers surveyed, the 67% said their experience stress at work at least weekly. 1 in 7 said that they feel stress at work every day. Key stressors included the length of the workday and concerns over job security. Gallup said workers who reported declines in engagement cited a lack of clarity about expectations from managers, not feeling connected to a company's mission or purpose, little to no recognition for hard work, and receiving little career development as key reasons for their disengagement. So, the term quiet quitting is also coming on the heels 
or in other words the rear part of the foot of the great resignation which saw an average of nearly 4 million employees leave their jobs each month in 2021 amid clashes or in other words disagreement over flexibility and a widespread or large re-evaluation of how work should fit into their lives. It's also gaining steam, or in other words, get attention, at the moment of peak tension between managers and employees, as many companies prepare for another push to bring workers back to the offices. The New York Times explains how the issue of going back to the office to work after months of working from home has complicated things for employers in an article entitled an office that isn't made for work. When more than 50 million Americans started working from home in March 20, some of them discovered a luxury their companies couldn't offer, peace and quietness. As executives tighten, or in other words reinforce, their return to the office policies, workers are finding their days filled with more interruption and Goldberg rise for the New York Times. The workplace they have discovered isn't always the ideal place for doing work. As managers try to draw back people or to get them back to the office, they are wrestling with, or in other words struggling, how to rebuild the sense of community without taking away the focus that often came with remote work. Some workers are getting nostalgic for the silence they had at home. So, which solutions are the managers taking? Some workplaces have introduced a traffic light style system where a red office communicates a need to focus and a green light suggests an openness to chart. Others have designated some areas for quiet work and others as a social spaces. And then on the opposite side there are the businesses that have instead embraced the office as a site of occasional chaos. Hustle and bustle, ranking activity, rock climbing, even ping pong. So whatever the definition of quiet quitting, the goals are the same. Untangling or separating distinguishing employees' identities from their jobs and leaving them with more time and energy to invest elsewhere. What do you think about quiet quitting? Are you quietly quitting your job or not? Send me your thoughts and comments via email or on my podcast Instagram page. Time now for some English culture and the phrase it's the best thing since sliced bread. What does it mean? That it's really, really good. How do you use it? Well, sliced bread must have revolutionized life in England because it's since been used as the ultimate benchmark for things that are great. We love it almost as much as tea. So, use it when you want to say that something is really, really good. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And on the podcast website, thebritishwhisperer.com, you can find the full transcript in English and its translation in Italian. 
If you enjoy my show, please hit subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast so you don't miss any other episodes. To stay up to date with The British Whisper, please follow me on Instagram and to spread the word. You are also very welcome to share any feedback, thoughts or ideas writing an email to thebritishwhisper at writeme.com. And make sure to come back next week for a new episode. Next time the focus will be on Italian election as seen from foreign papers. Are you curious as much as I am? Well, until then, thank you again for listening. I am Fia and this is the British Whisperer.